Hello and welcome to an episode of the Bearded Mystic Reacts. Today we will be reacting to the Ranveer Show, or Beer Biceps as he's known by. And what we will be doing is looking at his specific video that he interviews Gore Gopal Dastri, who's a monk who will explain the Bhagavad Gita in seven minutes. So let's get started. Have you read the Bhagavad Gita? Yes. Okay. <laughs> well... I was expecting him to say yes. If he said anything else, I would be rather surprised. So glad that he said yes to that rather silly question. The reason why I think it's a silly question and, and kind of is ignorant in a way is because Gurgabal Dasji is well known to be a monk of Iskon and Iskon monks are definitely well versed in the Gita. Philosophically, they differ with the way we view things on the podcast, but respect to all the monks, they, they do know the Gita that uh, Srila Prabhupada kind of translated and interpreted. So yeah, let's continue. Like, mm -hmm. what's in that book? Why do people say that? You open any page of it and you'll get your answer. Why do sure. people say things like that? Well, we all know why people will say things like that. But it's a good question. A lot of people say you will get all the answers to your questions. Sure, sure. I think the first thing to know is, let's let's remove the religion aspect from the Bhagavad Gita totally. Mm. Bhagavad Gita is not a religious book. I don't know how I feel about that. The Bhagavad Gita is a religious book. It is a spiritual text. It has specific religious and spiritual terms that you should know. The fact that he says this, you ignore the whole factor of Sri Krishna talking about the Tattvadarshi. Why would he mention stuff like this? This is not for a materialist point of view or for a secular point of view. The issue that I have with a lot of you know, I think Gurkhapal Dasji is one of those where they're mainly motivational speakers and they've kind of interpreted the Bhagavad Gita to suit their needs. It's not there to suit my needs or your needs. It's there to support us in our spiritual growth. The Bhagavad Gita is a spiritual text, is a religious book. And most of all, it's there for our liberation to be free from the clutches of our body and mind from Maya, from the wrong identification that we have. And it's about allowing us to understand that we are this Brahman, this vast ultimate reality, pure consciousness, pure awareness. It is a book which uh, gives you the way to live. Mm. Uh, I agree with that. Mm. Mm. And the setting for the Bhagavad Gita is the battlefield of Kurukshetra, the Mahabharat, where Arjun's confused, mm. right? Mm. And Krishna becomes his mentor mm. and gives him guidance mm. in a way that he can now start doing what is meant to do right. Mm. So every young man or lady is going to have confusions. Every young person is going to have those dilemmas right? to do or not to do, to be or not to be. That's exactly how the Gita begins. Mm. It begins with confusion, it begins with dilemmas, it begins with uh, a lack of meaning. Mm. Right? The uh, only thing I will say, Sri Krishna is a mentor. Sri Krishna is Arjun's guru. We know this because Arjun does ask Sri Krishna to be his guru. So the fact that he says mentor is not the right word 
for what Shri Krishna is, it's rather limiting Krishna in a huge way. And I don't know how Iskon would allow such an interpretation, but I guess with his words, the, the positive is that it does reach to a wider audience. And I can see the purpose of that. Yeah, there's positives and negatives to it. Arjun is confused, is in dilemma. And this is something we can relate to. The reason why I think Arjun is really special and hasn't got given his due is because even though, yes, he asked questions, but those questions were brilliant. And those confusions and dilemmas, he had the audacity to present them to his guru. The amount of people, I mean, personally, would I want my guru to think I have all these doubts and dilemmas and confusions? Probably not. Uh, and I'll be honest about it. I think a lot of us would prefer not to voice them. So I say Arjun is very courageous. And despite having that confusion, he's also courageous. But yeah, absolutely right. The only thing I disagree with was the mentor aspect of it. Yeah. And then uh, Krishna kind of guides Arjun through and mm. empowers Arjun to make his own choices. Mm. Krishna only acts as a facilitator mm. and empowers Arjuna to understand that he is way too more powerful than the people is going to face in the battle. That, that's really nice way of looking at it. Sri Krishna is empowering Arjun and not a facilitator uh, so much. That, again, that's a lot of corporate speak. But what Sri Krishna is really doing is actually not even presenting choices. He's not giving Arjun a choice. If you've read the Gita, you know Arjun's not given the choice. He's told that he has to fight in the battle. So the, the choice really isn't there. It's all determined about what's going to happen. So Arjun has to go with whatever has been presented to him as an apparent choice. Every young man and lady needs to understand that they are way more powerful than what they are going through at the moment. That's their good. confusions are smaller than them. Mm -hmm. Their challenges are smaller than them. Mm -hmm. Their problems are smaller than them. Their heartbreaks, as painful as they are, but are still smaller than them. And they have the capacity to overcome that, those mm. pains that they're going through. So I think that's precisely where books like the Gita mm. help a lot. Mm. Because they build in you that sense of confidence. Books like the Gita, again, I just find it a bit corporate -y. I think that's what I don't like about this so far. Although I like some elements of it. But the other thing he does say is, and I, I agree. Our problems aren't as big as the awareness that we have. That awareness should engulf our problems. And that's the awareness that Sri Krishna talks about in the Gita, the Sakshi, the Purusha. Uh, we are not Prakriti. That's not our true rupa. That is not our true form. I've not really read his stuff or listened to him. I'm not, I see him a lot on social media, but I'm personally not interested in things that he says. Uh, but in this, I feel like he's not presenting his knowledge maybe as much, but is understanding the audience more. That's where I am kind of cool with this and not so irritated as I would normally be. <laughs> And strength. And strength, fortitude. 
that I have the power as a spiritual being to overcome everything that's going around going on in my life mm. and i have the power to be able to make a difference mm. and that impact because i am a spiritual being can you can you reference like three big lessons from the bhagavad gita that mm-hmm. stayed with you specifically yes. uh one of the lessons that stayed with me from the gita is a particular text from the second chapter of the gita which talks about uh, the summer and the winter season right and this particular text says that the summer and the winter season keeps coming and going every year mm. seasons change mm. and just because the seasons change we never stop performing our duties let's say for example it's chicago and the temperatures are minus 27 degrees celsius people don't stop their work still let's say it's daily it's 43 degrees celsius people are still on and going on with their regular life with a few adjustments here and there obviously so this text of the gita chapter 2 tells us that we have to learn to tolerate the ups and downs and not be distracted from what our main purpose is like when we talk about tolerating uh, failures and pains we can understand but we also have to learn to tolerate our success mm, and the good mm, times mm. because both distract us mm. you know usually we only look at the negatives as distractions but even the positives distract us from what we are meant to be doing so that's something that uh, really kind of uh, stayed with me the second very interesting uh, you know i kind of like what he said about we need to tolerate success as well as failure the positives as well as negative having that sameness of vision that shri krishna talks about especially in the chapter 2 but what's missing there is how shri krishna gets us to that understanding what shri krishna tells us is that we need to be able to remain in awareness and understand that we are the atma we are not the body and mind and therefore when we understand who we are we then understand how we can deal with the changing phenomena because we are changeless we are actually changeless beings or we are that one changeless being uh, that has come into this limited structure and in that limited structure we are to perform our duties in life so shukrishna talks about that and um he what gogobal does he gives is the the result of that um which is true we have that forbearance that strength that fortitude that attitude to deal with life in a more positive sense in with more strength and more courage and more empowerment and the biggest thing we find in life is that we can't tolerate anything outside of our comfort zone especially in today's day and age for example we can't tolerate extreme heat we can't uh, tolerate extreme cold we the things that would make us strong we don't put ourselves through so he's absolutely right i mean living in our comfort zones will not help us and spirituality is not about being in your comfort zone spirituality doesn't let you uh, doesn't allow you to be settled and like in the bhagavad gita shukrishna disturbs arjun and likewise our guru also disturbs us in a sense so we can get out of our comfort zone not disturb us in a bad way where the guru takes advantage of us not in that sense in the sense of shukrishna where it's to empower us to go beyond our comfort zone to go beyond what we would normally do second thing that i uh, 
really kind of resonate with with in the Gita is a verse from the sixth chapter which talks about the mind being a friend or an enemy mm-hmm. to you. Mm. It depends on how you deal with the mind. Okay. Right? If you befriend your mind, the mind will become you, become your friend, and will empower you to do what you want to do. Mm. But if you don't deal with it rightly, then the mind will become your enemy, and will lead to your downfall. Mm. Uh, I'll give you an example. You want to get up early in the morning to go for a jog or for a workout because you know you want to be fit. You know your days are busy, and you decide this is going to be my uh, plan for the year 2020. Mm. Correct. You set up the alarm clock to wake up early in the morning, like five, six, whatever. And when the alarm goes, what's the mind saying? The first thing: you slept last late last night. Take it easy. Or maybe this is not the right thing for you to do. The mind's constantly playing games, right? Mm. Now, if you have a mind which is constantly giving these kind of reasons, mm. you're not going to wake up. Right? On the other hand, if you learn to train your mind using the proper intellectual process, right? Proper spiritual process, your mind can be your greatest asset and your friend. Which is meditation, good books, meditation books, right? Correct friends, correct friends, the right kind of company. All of these are inputs mm. so that your mind kind of becomes a friend. I would love. To- If he gave the specific verses, but that's a minor point. But what I really love what he says is that yeah, your mind should be your friend, and we don't have to make the mind an enemy. Our thoughts can help us. How can we transform our thoughts by reading good books, being in the right satsang, being in the right company? That means you know taking the company of those people that will inspire us to be greater spiritual beings. To have greater spiritual understanding. Either that connects to me a lot is how do we start looking at the presence of divinity mm. everywhere in every aspect. We don't have to necessarily go to a place of worship mm. to look at the presence of divinity. Mm. You can look at the presence of divinity in nature. You can look at the presence of divinity in other people. Mm. You can start looking at the splendor of the creator or the creation. Mm. Or you can start looking at the splendor of the Creator in the creation, mm-hmm. you know, which is precisely why this is something that I usually tell people is, when you look at somebody who's better than you, you know, and especially if they are in the same field, usually there is insecurity. Mm. There's insecurity that he's this guy's doing better than me in what I am doing, or there is envy, jealousy. Sometimes it goes to the extent of sabotaging that other person's work, well, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it has happened in the world. It happens all the time. So when you start looking at divinity in creation, you start looking at how divinity has empowered somebody to do something in a special way. That person has been gifted by higher powers, right? And to sabotage that person's work, or to be envious about that person, or to be, feel insecure, means actually insulting somebody who's given that gift to him. You know. But if I look at that person and derive inspiration from that person, I can seek that inspiration to follow my aspiration. Mm-hmm. You know. So that that aspect of the Gita also kind of really resonates with me. That you start looking at divinity everywhere. Uh, And in every place around you, including people who are doing better, because it's not them. You can see straight away. Very often, I see people who do remarkable stuff, and they usually, when they speak, they say it's they doing it, and of course they're doing it. No doubt that there's a part of part that they're doing, 
but you can tell that there there's something beyond them that's kind of making them do it whether it's acting speaking singing something there's an element which is not necessarily effort mm, not their effort you know x, x factor x factor mm. and when you start appreciating that x factor as divinity mm. oh that's something that really kind of connects to me as well in interesting way to end it i thought they concluded a little bit they didn't the their point also very interesting i don't know who would be envious of people who are successful i guess either Ranveer would be a biceps he's a fan of LeBron James uh, it's pretty obvious but seeing divinity in everywhere in every place is good uh, what i would say is there is only divinity therefore it doesn't matter what is everywhere and everything it's just divinity and therefore when you see with that you have the sameness of vision the oneness of vision so i, I wouldn't say it explains the bhagavad gita in 7 minutes i kind of think that's a misleading title but it definitely gives a good understanding an, an interesting understanding for somebody who would come across the gita for the first time maybe for someone who is kind of Uh, progressed a little read the gita a few times has a good understanding a decent understanding i don't think this video does justice to the gita at all but for someone as an introduction is is quite good appreciating people's talents is important if i had to quickly sum up what the bhagavad gita is to me it's a text that starts with assessing what our mind really is the mind is confused wrongly identified with the body and the senses it does not understand how limited it is it's created an identification from the relationships it has with the world and then comes along a guru who tells you that in this battlefield of life everything around you is subject to death and decay to change but the true aspect of you is beyond change and therefore you need to realize what that changeless one is become aware of that changeless one and remain in the awareness of that changeless one understand that this body has to go through what nature intends for it to do however you are that changeless that can observe everything and remain in the observer with that you can find your own path towards that divinity and utilize many different paths the four that are mentioned is obviously your understanding intellectually what brahman is and what you are truly then having bhakti yog having devotion towards that higher power within you that that higher sense of self that's there present within you and discovering that and being devoted to it but uh, if we find that difficult then having someone an ishtevta or a guru or god as someone that we can worship until we see that same divinity within us and then rajyog having that focus and that attention to have that one pointed focus towards something and in my opinion that should be our own inner changeless aspect and then karma yog in whatever action we do in life that one is done with the vision that it will help many people 
and two, it's a path of least harm, and three, we are serving the divine that is manifest in this world, and that divinity that's manifest in the world, that's manifest in us, is just one. And what the Bhagavad Gita does, what Sri Krishna does, is take us from a being that is limited to the limitless, that has a form to the formless, that is subject to the senses, to the awareness of all that is. So yeah, I don't know how many minutes that took. Let me know what you thought of my mind. If you have any videos that you want me to react to, please write it down in the comments or contact me and send me a link to that video. Do like uh, this video, do comment on what you think about this video, what you thought about the video that we reacted to. And please do subscribe if you haven't. And see you next time. Thank you. Bye.